Thanks for joining Parenting Chats with Laura. I'm mum of three, teacher and parenting coach, helping you to navigate the messy and the magical on your parenting journey. We know the baby, toddler and preschool years set the trajectory for your child's life. I'm going all in and not holding back and bringing you inspiration and strategies to help you to be the parent you want to be. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, it's Laura Morley here. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. I'm so glad that you have found a little bit of time in your day to come and chat with Tammy and I. Hi, Tammy. Hello. Uh, If you haven't heard our podcast before, Tammy and I uh, often we'll get together and chat about all things parenting stuff. And honestly, before we came on the podcast today, I have been in total hysterics because Tammy has the funniest stories from some of her kids and the crazy things that they've been up to. And my kids, um, oh man, kids are just gross. That's all I can say. <laughs> They're honestly <laughs> so gross, aren't they? Oh, totally. Um, anyway, we thought we can't really share that story on the podcast because we thought it might gross you out a little bit. Um, but we then got on to talking about reality television and, um, I'm happy to say that I have not talking about, um, I haven't actually watched any reality television today, but I actually, um, binge watched the whole of Downton Abbey, um, the whole series again, cause it's on TVNZ on demand. Oh, cool. Oh, I love Downton Abbey. It is so cool. I don't actually get to sit down and actually watch it. Um, I more do it like while I'm doing jobs around the house and I'll listen to it or I might pack orders or something in my office and I'll listen to it. And it's just been, it's like otherworldly, Downton Abbey. (laughs) I've only ever seen the movie. I've never watched the series. Oh, I'm just obsessed with it. I love it so much. Um, What's um, your favorite viewing? What are you guys obsessed with at your house at the moment, Tammy? Oh, well, we've just finished um, a series on Netflix that was my husband's choice. So we kind of each choose, you know, have a turn to choose. We really well, that's very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> but it does mean that sometimes his picks have me Facebooking or TikToking while he is um, watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my current, um, it was my choice this time around because we've just finished his and that was to be watching. Um, celebrity treasure island and the only reason we're watching it is because i am a total fan of um our local celebs art green and matilda green so um that's why we're watching us because he's on the show <laughs> oh man you'll have to get like an um an autograph if you bump into him you know oh totally down the street sometime <laughs> I know I'm just I'm like hanging out at New World hoping that I might bump into them one day um you know what my husband he honestly he just rolls his eyes if I listen to any of that kind of stuff he just rolls his eyes and goes really like he is so not into that kind of stuff yeah mine's the same so this is a stretch for him so he's gonna be what screen stacking while you're watching this huh absolutely (laughs) I love it um Okay, well, today in the podcast, we are going to be talking about uh, how to set really healthy boundaries with your kids. And, you know, I'm really excited to actually talk about this topic because I actually think, Tammy, it's one of those things of if you can get it right, uh, it makes such a huge difference. Uh, And really, it's about setting boundaries that are, are really realistic for your kids. I think one of the things that I find as your kids 
develop and change is that things have to develop and change and it's it's kind of an evolving thing that the old setting yeah. boundaries um concept but what I'd love to do is um for you to talk a little bit about how you've set boundaries with your kids so that they kind of know that they feel safe within parameters but they can still be themselves you know yeah so um my husband and I <clears throat> kind of we if you've listened to another podcast, you'll know that I kind of thought I was going to be a phenomenal parent um, before I had kids. And I had all these grand ideas on how amazing my children were going to be um, and that they were all going to just kind of, you know, fall in line, but you know, they don't. <laughs> and so we have been quite big on setting boundaries with our kids. Um, and often, you know, it is a stretch with them because, they want to push boundaries. That's kind of their, their thing that they made to do in life is to push boundaries. Um, but what we did was we kind of set rules and expectations for our kids that were realistic um, and that were age appropriate because, um, you know, I can't be expecting a one-year-old to be doing things that a 12-year-old's doing. Um, so one of the ways we did that was kind of um, – we created little sayings or mantras that we kind of say in our house. And um, we say that when, when they're not behaving. So instead of yelling out to them and being like, just stop doing that. We kind of use that mantra of like, Oh, but remember in our, in our house, we're kind or in our house, we use gentle hands or, you know, those kind of things. Um, if they kind of give me a bit of an attitude when I ask them to help unstack the dishwasher or something, um we always use the we in this house we obey straight away and with a really good attitude <laughs> so um my three-year-old says that quite often um while she's rolling her eyes at me um but that is kind of <laughs> how we set those boundaries out with our kids um and it's been so helpful yeah. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to want to grab a piece of paper or your iPad or something that you can take some notes on because uh, I reckon that you've got a little bit of homework from this podcast, honestly. One of them oh, yeah. would be to actually sit down with your partner if you're parenting with somebody else and actually come up with three or four simple things that are phrases that you can say that sum up what you want them to do. And each of you is going to use them every day with your kids, right? So um, one day my husband and I sat down and we kind of made a bit of a list and um, we always started with in our family, we. So if you're writing notes today, in our family, we is a great sentence starter for this. And you don't need to make it really in-depth language. Just try and think about it as making it language that your child's going to understand. So an example that we used to do with our mm. kids is we are gentle and kind in what we say and do. So if my son went up to his brother and started whacking him over the face, I would, you know, obviously make sure that they were safe, you know, and stop the behavior of whacking your, your brother over the head. Um, and I would hold both his hands and I would say, remember in our family, we're gentle and kind in what we say and what we do. And that was really, really important as like a grounding statement so that they were really clear about what the expectations were. And yeah. I didn't expect them to be perfect children. I mean, nobody yeah. is, but I think if we 
have are saying that and our partner's saying that and the kids are hearing every day, it actually becomes your reality because it's like you're speaking life into someone for what you actually want them to do instead of constantly telling them the things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And turning it into this negative spiral, which I have to say with toddlers, it can get a bit like that, eh? Because yes. actually a lot of the time they're doing stuff that really they might not really ideally be doing right now. They're pretty much often doing the opposite of what they should be doing. So, you know, if they can find your beautiful monstera pot plant, they are probably going to want to rip the leaves off it because that's just what you do when you're learning yeah. to crawl. Woohoo, I've got to the monstera plant. I'm going to rip that plant to shreds or, you know, yeah. it, it's just what they do. And so I think it's important that you have these little mantras even when they're really little, because it's almost getting you into the verbal patterns so that as they get older, you're still like well-practiced in those things. And it doesn't feel forced. It just feels like normal and natural because it's like your family culture. And yeah. I think that's that consistency is what makes the difference. Yeah. And it's so interesting because um, my daughter goes to a preschool in the area and um, they even use like little mantras to get all the kids um, to listen. So it's like, you know, it's quite an, an interesting thing that the teachers are using it. And I used to use it when I was teaching. Um, but I used to say one, two, three, and then they would all say, look at me. And they had to be quiet um, for that. And um, it's such a great way of getting the kids' attention, um, obviously in a schooling environment. But the mantras just, the kids catch on to them so quickly. They're like little sponges. Um, you know, clapping also used to work really well when we were when I was teaching. Um, but you know, kids are phenomenal with this stuff, and I just find that it really takes the shouting out of your home. Yeah, I think it really diffuses some of that because immediately, if you've got your baby and you can see your other child trying to hurt that baby your immediate instinct is to get so angry because it's like yeah. you just go into mother mode where it's like don't touch my baby you know like you're just yeah. are so you know defensive of this precious little life um that you know is so helpless just sitting there and you think any moment you know they're going to get really hurt by their sibling and so your natural thing is just to roar like yeah. you know and and that is going to scare your toddler but also um it doesn't necessarily um stop the behavior from being repetitive and I think that's what boundaries do is that they teach kids that you can be yourself within these healthy uh boundaries yeah. And you know what they are. And it's amazing when kids actually know what the boundaries are, how much they're more settled they are, because they kind of know the parameters and the culture of the family. And they're a part of that, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, with each of your kids, are each of the kind of boundaries the same for each of your, your kids, Tammy? Um, yes, the boundaries and the kind of rules, or a lack of a better word, are the same in our house. Um, but how we enforce them is quite different. Um, my youngest is a little bit hard to kind of know what personality he's going to have yet. But my older two, who are um, three and five, um, have, you know, polar opposite um, personalities. And how we enforce things um, is very different and how they react to things is very different. So, um, you know, when we've had to enforce a boundary with our eldest, who's really sensitive and takes things to heart, um, we are kind of, you know, a lot more gentle in our tone of voice. 
we, you know, don't have to be, not that you want to be nasty to your kids, but, you know, sometimes you'll just be like, what you just did is actually just not okay. And it has made me really upset. Um, that kind of thing just throws him and he's in tears and he's devastated that he could have even vaguely upset you. Um, so, you know, what, what we kind of do with him is we'll just be like, just, you know, in our house, we don't really like it when you say that or, you know, whatever. And we can talk to him like, a, you know, like a human. And um, he reacts what, like a lot better to that and then kind of falls back into that boundary space. Um, whereas my second child, if I say to her, oh, you know, what you just did made mommy's heart really sad. She'll be like, oh, cool. I didn't even know I could make you sad. Now I know I can make you sad, so I'm going to do it again. You know, so <laughs> with that personality, no. I've kind of prepared to be a lot more stern and use a little bit more um, kind of a stern tone of voice where I'm just like, that is not okay, and we do not do that. And suddenly you can see she's like, oh, mom means business, and I'm back in line. Um, so I think it's really interesting um, how, yeah, your boundaries can totally be the same. Um, with each child but how you enforce them you know is a little bit different oh it's so true you know with each of my kids they've been quite different and I definitely find that uh, if you've got more sensitive types versus more really strong world leader children, you are going to communicate in a different way using a different tone. But at the end of the day, the boundaries are still the same because there's a consistency that this is our family rhythm. You know, this is our family expectations and this is how we are when we're together. So I think um, I would definitely agree. Um, but what happens now that you've got like a child who's just started walking, do you ever feel like now you just find yourself going to say no constantly because they're kind of doing the wrong thing all the time? <laughs> like, how do you kind of deal with that in your household? Well, we actually had a bit of a laugh about this the other night because um, when we had our second child, we kind of thought, oh boy, here comes trouble. Like she is really strong-willed and really hectic. Yeah. And then when we had our third kid, um, we were always like, oh, he's super cruisy. He's so chilled. And now that he's like one and a bit, we were like, our second child was an angel. <laughs> so um, we've kind of been equalized by our third, um, which means that, yes, our toddler gets told off a lot in the day. Um, so what we've really been trying to do um, is to try and, you know, not constantly tell him off because, you know, he's still learning um, and to try and uh, avoid the older two getting annoyed with him, um, you know, when they're busy building blocks or, you know, playing a game and he comes in and destroys it um, to just try in and to try and get in there before that happens um, so, you know, we try and set up a little area that he can play in, um, where there's, you know, he's not going to be told off for it constantly, you know, he can play there and it's a safe place for him, um, to play. And, um, another thing is to kind of distract him. So if we all playing in the room with our kids and they decide they're going to play with their magnetiles or something and he starts getting like oh I want to be involved in that too then um if my husband's home between the two of us like one of us will pick him up and be like let's go you know kick a ball or let's go you know do something else um and then he doesn't feel like he's losing out but then the older two don't have to get frustrated with him because of him getting into their game um 
so we do really try use those kind of techniques with our youngest um with the other two we we kind of try and set those um diffusing things in place beforehand too um especially with a strong-willed daughter <laughs> um so you know she'll if she wants something she wants something right now um and if you say no she kind of does it anyway um so like tonight for a perfect example which I've just thought about um she said I was busy cooking us dinner and she says mommy can I please have a banana um and I mean I never say no to my kids having fruit except when it's 10 minutes before dinner absolutely um, <laughs> and I said to her oh my darling we're not going to have a banana right now but you can have a banana after dinner but I just you know mommy's just about to dish up dinner you're not having a banana right now um to turn around to see that she had already peeled the whole banana oh um, <laughs> it's like a showdown so what happened totally was. what did you do um so I just said to her remember mommy said we're not having a banana right now um so what we're going to do is we're going to pop that banana on a in a bowl or in a plate or whatever we agreed to um and we're going to pop it on the counter and once you finished all your dinner you can come and get your banana um and that seemed to be a pretty happy medium yeah so one of the things that I found as a technique that works really well is to use this kind of language. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write some of this down because I find it's a phrase that you can put on the fridge and just commit to memory to start using because what we know is, is that no use sparingly has more power. So if you're constantly uh, saying no to your child, no, no, don't touch that. No, don't go there. Nah, then basically it waters down its power because it just, it, it doesn't, it's not something that really seems important in your child's life because they're hearing it constantly. So instead of saying no, what you could do in like Tammy's example is, yes, you can have dot, 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 when you have done dot, dot, dot. So yes, you can have the banana when you've eaten some of your dinner or yes, you can go outside when you have your sun hat. You know, when they have like, um, that those tantrums because they're like no and they keep pulling their hat off all the time and you know that it's a really hot day and they need to wear their sun hat um yes you can have yes you can go outside and play when you have your sun hat on so you're kind of setting a boundary and saying in our family when we go outside in summer we need to wear a sun hat and that's what's going to happen if you don't like it we're going to end up inside basically right but instead of saying no you're not going outside it becomes more positive. Yes, you can go outside or yes, you can have the banana when you've done this yeah. other thing over here. And I love that idea that you're talking about with that swoop and scoop where you've got a little one who's doing what they shouldn't be doing. And instead of saying, no, don't um, wreck your brother and sister's Duplo tower, that you just basically swoop and scoop and go, let's go read a story or let's go get a ball or, you know, do something. So you're kind of distracting your little one with something else, you know, particularly yeah. when they start fixating on something, like they constantly want to go up and bang the TV or they want yeah. to climb on the coffee table and they do it again and again and again. It's easier just to take them out of the situation and distract them with something else. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is I find it really helpful to actually be really specific. So instead of telling them, no, I don't want you to do that, actually tell them what you do want to do, them to do. So, you know, yeah. if you see a little one and they're coming up to that tower that, that their siblings are building, you'd say something like, let's go and get a block and see if you can make your own tower or we can add to their tower. 
you know, so you're actually telling them what you want them to do instead of don't, don't go anywhere near that towel. You're going to bash it down, you know, or, you know, start saying, no, don't go near them. And and then again, the child goes, oh, you know, and then you've kind of used no again. Um, I think it's also a really good idea to have specific places and times in your child's day where they can just be free to roam and do heaps of stuff without you having to hover and constantly tell them no, no, no all the time. It's very yeah. freeing. Um, I remember with my kids, we used to go down to like play gym and it was basically a padded room, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and they could climb to their heart's content and swing on things and throw themselves yeah. off stuff and everything was padded. And it was like, oh, it was just the best because they yeah. could just be free. And, and I actually had like zones within the house and you guys probably already have this, but in case you don't, is actually have spaces in the house where you know that you're not going to have to hover and watch them every two seconds because yeah. you actually know that in that space, they can just have fun and they can do their thing without destroying everything, you know? So it might be as simple as saying, well, actually we're going to put the pot plants away in another room because my child is just obsessively going to the pot plants and pulling, yeah. pulling themselves up on the pot plants and trying to destroy the pot plants and pulling it over on them, it's actually a hazard. Yeah. And I can't go and make dinner or get them a banana or go, go to the toilet without thinking that they're going to hurt themselves or whatever. So take the pot plant and put it somewhere else. You know, So trying to create spaces and zones where the kids are actually free to be who they want to be and explore and, and not be yeah. told every two seconds, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. And I think this particularly yeah. is for those people who are listening, you'll probably find it's more when your kid starts crawling and then in that early walking stage, it tends to be really prominent because they go from wanting to play with the toys that you've put on the mat that they so happily play with to actually not wanting to play with a single toy and just wanting to play with everything they shouldn't be playing with, (laughs) you know, like everything on the periphery of the room, like the switches and the plugs and opening all the cupboards that they shouldn't be getting into and, and all those things. So it's actually a good idea to have spaces where they can just be free to roam and you've kind of, for want of a better word, child-proofed it so they can't pull things down and and destroy things and you're not like on edge all the time because you're setting a tone of constantly being on edge. And so they just kind of pick up on that vibe where you're not feeling calm, but you're constantly nitpicking them all the time. It just becomes such a negative way of being. Yeah, we totally learned that the hard way this week because I feel like for my third child, um, we didn't baby-proof the house very well. Um, First child, you know, you have everything. Um, yeah. Second child, you kind of have the bits that are left over from the first child, and third child, you have nothing. And um, <laughs> that just so happened that I had repacked my grocery cupboard when I was pregnant with my third, um, yeah. so that I didn't have to get up the whole time and get snacks for my children. Um, you know, when they was like, "Oh, mommy, can we have this or can we have that?" Then it's all on the bottom shelf of the grocery cupboard, and didn't think too much of it until this week when I went to go and get the washing in and I came yes. back and my youngest had taken all the chocolate biscuits out the bottom shelf and emptied them onto the floor and I was having an absolute feast oh, no. <laughs> I hope you got that one on camera I did I totally did and then I was like okay now we're not we're not doing this but I'm glad I got the picture of it <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's so funny in the moment. And you have to kind of act like it's not hilarious because otherwise they think, oh man, who is this lady yeah. who's supposed to be looking after me? Like she's, you know, yeah. you know, there's yeah. just been so many times when I've had to be like, okay, I just need to take a moment because it's so hilarious. We've still got this amazing photo of my sister covered head to toe in my mum's lipstick and she oh, no. has got these really tight ringlets and she's just so so gorgeous and she's got this photo of her handing the lipstick to my mum and just head to toe lipstick totally naked oh funny <laughs> and it's just a classic it's like oh my gosh um So I think a lot of this idea of no is actually changing the language that you're using. And the kids are going to experiment and explore the world and get into things that they shouldn't and and all the things. But I think it's all about the language that we we use so that our family and our household feels like a positive place to be and not a place where I don't fit in because I'm constantly getting told not to do things and I'm always doing things wrong, you know? So I think what, what we should do is set all our listeners to this podcast a bit of a challenge. In fact, I'm going to take the challenge myself. Are you up for this, Tammy? I'm up for it. Okay. So what I'm thinking is, is first of all, you need to set a time frame. So it might be one hour. It might be half a day. It might be a whole day. And what you have to do is be with your child, say for an hour, and not use the word no once. <laughs> so that should be interesting. Okay, maybe I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> So try and actually apply some of these principles that we've talked about, some of the language um, things. So we've talked about telling them what we want them to do, not what we don't want them to do, being really specific. Yes, you can have such and such when you've done such and such or do the swoop and scoop thing and distract them to something else. Um, Or try using some of those mantras that we talked about where, you know, you have those little things that you say each day if your child's not doing the right thing, kind of telling them, you know, in our family, we're gentle and kind, something like that. So saying that instead of saying, no, don't hit the baby, but you're actually saying what you do want them to do. So um, I think we're all going to be up for a bit of a challenge with this one, but I think it's it's really incredible. Once you start doing it, you actually realize how much you say no in, you know, over an hour or half a day or whatever you decide. It's yeah. actually a lot more than what you think you do. Um, and once you become aware of it, you can kind of start to reprogram what you're saying and doing to try and start being more positive and be more affirmative in your language. And that just makes such a a difference. It actually makes you feel better as a parent, to be honest, you feel better as a human. Um, And then that warmth then helps your relationship with your child as well. And then they'll want to do more of the things you want them to do because that bond is there. Instead of you always pushing them away and saying, no, you're putting up a boundary where you're kind of pushing them away. Um, and you really, you want them to have that, that emotional closeness with you. So good yeah. luck, everybody, with that challenge. I would love it if you could um, message us and let us know how you get on with the challenge. It will be so interesting to hear how you get on. If you are on Instagram, then we're at Lulu underscore solutions. So wherever you are right now, take a selfie and um, tag us in it because I'd love to see where you are hanging out listening to this podcast maybe you're in your car maybe you're um, climbing Mount Washmore and trying to fold your washing while you're listening to this maybe you've gone for a run or something like that wherever you are I hope that you've had a really great day and that your day is that little bit better because you got to hang out with Tammy and I today thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk soon thanks Tammy no worries see ya 
Was it just me or did that podcast fly by? Thank you so much for joining me. I've put all the links to what we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. And I've saved all our previous episodes of Parenting Chats with Laura on our website, lulu.co.nz. While you're there, sign up to get an alert for when our next podcast goes live so you don't miss a thing. Remember, you're a great parent and we're all in this together. Have a great day.